Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Welcome to the show, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So today's episode is an exciting one. It's, you know, I say that a lot. But I really, it. But this I time guess, you really mean it. I really, really mean that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is something that's so exciting because uh, we're going to talk about you know generating referrals and and how to generate referrals without asking. And as a business owner, a lot of times we in service businesses, a lot of businesses, but I know that in service businesses we're really guilty of going into the business that we're a great technician in, and a lot of times that service tech moves into the business owner aspect of the, the industry. And we're used to fixing things. We're not necessarily used to going and doing closing the sales or asking for referrals. And so whenever somebody says, you know, it's really easy to say, well, every time you go to a service call, ask for a referral, ask for you know, like five of your, your closest clients or friends, who, who would you send us too and, and stuff like that and that turns into super awkward conversations <laughs> and most of the times we're just like uh I forget it i'll just hope for the best <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say today about about generating those referrals without asking but when we first get started can you help us define exactly what a referral is yeah, I think that's a great place to start because I think we have overused the term referral and we use it interchangeably with other sales terms or other sales lingo. And by doing that, by using it interchangeably with other sales terms, we've actually diluted the real power of what a referral actually is. And so a referral will have two things that most most other Um, lead generation type terms won't have. So I hear a lot of people say, well, a referral is like an introduction. They're not. Mm -hmm. They'll say a referral, it's like word of mouth buzz or word of mouth referral. They're actually two different things, a referral and word of mouth buzz. Or they'll say, oh, I got a warm lead. It's a referral. Like, nope, warm leads are separate from referral. So most people know that (laughs) someone you get cold is a cold lead, right? It's a cold prospect. They understand that. Someone you made a cold call or they came across your pay-for-click ad or they saw a Facebook ad or whatever it was and they saw your SEO and they called you directly. Like everybody understands the cold lead side. But when we start talking about warm leads, word of mouth buzz, introduction, referrals, because they're warmer than cold, we start grouping the terms together and that dilutes the power of what a referral is. And actually a warm lead, a word of mouth buzz, introduction and a referral are four different types of prospects. And I tell people it's important to know what a referral is because you wanna make sure one, you're actually receiving a referral, but really because you need to know how to respond because you're able to respond differently when a prospect is referred to you than you are in any other kind of area. And in addition to that, when you get word of mouth buzz, I want you to know what to say, recognize, oh, that's word of mouth buzz. That's not a referral. Let me flip it into a referral. And so a referral has two things that no other um, sales term or type of prospect would have. And that is one, there's a personal connection. So a referral can only be a referral when you are actually connected by someone else to the prospect. And the someone else who connects you to that prospect is going to be what we call the referral source. Some people call it referral partner. It doesn't really matter. It's just your referral source. And it's the person right, who knows the prospect, 
and knows they need you as the service provider. So there's three cast of characters, right? Three players and the referral triangle. And the, so there's obviously the referral source and they're going to connect you, right, to the prospect and they're gonna connect you. And it typically happens over email. It can happen over group text. It can happen at like, if you're at an event somewhere and someone drags somebody over to meet you and says that they need to work with you, right? Or they have a problem and you can solve it. And so there's always that personal connection. And because that personal connection happens, that's the only time and place the trust is transferred from the referral source to the prospect, telling the prospect, when you hire this person, you'll be making a good decision. And that trust is critical to that prospect being willing to close quicker, being less price sensitive, right? And almost kind of showing up saying, just take my money and solve my problem. And that leads us to the second thing a referral has. And the second thing a referral has is the prospect has a need identified. So first we have personal connection and then we have a need identified in the prospect, which means the prospect knows they have a problem they need to solve, which puts them in buyer's mentality mode. They're ready to at least consider solving their problem. And so they've started either someone's brought the, their problem to their attention and they're like, yeah, you're right. I probably need to fix that. Mm -hmm. Or they know they have a problem. And so once they enter into buyer mentality mode, they're looking for someone to help them make the right choice. Because when we spend money, there's two things we don't want to do. We don't want to waste our money and we don't want to make a mistake. And so we're looking for someone to say, yes, I trust this company, go use them, they are great. And so we want that need identified in the prospect. That means they're actually willing to talk about and consider hiring someone to solve their problem and they've been personally connected to you. So it's those two pieces, personal connection and need identified that make a referral a referral, which is what makes the referral so magical, right? When you hear people talk about, oh, the referrals, they just showed up and it was awesome. I didn't have to work hard for them. No, you really, I mean, you <laughs> did. You just don't know what you were doing probably to get that referral. And that's, right. you know what, that's what I teach. So don't worry. We can talk about that. But the idea there is, is when that referral shows up and they are, wow, they're so easy to close. And I, they didn't really want to like, you know, they weren't nickeling and diving me on pricing and they were just like, they trusted me and they were just like, solve my problem. It's because they were referred, which you don't have the prospect in that mentality mode if it's not a referral. So when it's word of mouth buzz, it's typically somebody saying, hey, did you know, Tarsh, I was talking about you the other day. Were your ears burning? I was telling somebody that you absolutely need to hire you. But you're like, who? Who is this person, right? I know they have a need, but I've not been personally <laughs> connected. So word of mouth buzz is like one step away from being a referral or they have an introduction. And so they connect you and you're like, why are we being connected? Is it because I need to go have coffee with one more person? And as a small business owner, I don't have that many mornings mm -hmm. for coffee to begin with, right? So it's like, okay, great. You've connected right. us. We're personally connected because there's, it's an introduction, but I don't know why. Are, are you setting us up because they need to hire me? You think I need to hire them? Or it's really just a networking meeting to grow my network, which all of those are fine, but we don't mm -hmm. know what it is. So it's just an introduction. And a warm lead is when someone says, hey, so-and-so down the street, they totally need you. Here's their name. Here's their number. Give them a call. It feels like a referral, mm -hmm. except for we're not really sure the person's name and number we were just given. They actually want us calling. And what they think about the person who gave us their name and number. We don't know. There's so many unknowns in a warm lead, right? So the idea there is, is that at that moment, you may have a name and a number, but you haven't been connected. So that we're not sure if any trust has been transferred. And you don't actually know if, the, if that buyer actually is a buyer, if they even know they have a problem. So we take warm leads, word of mouth buzz, and introduction, and we kind of morph them into, oh, they're just all referrals. And they're not. A referral is very, very specific. So... How about like Facebook recommendations? 
is that is that still considered like a warm lead um because someone it's kind of a weird gray area i feel like um it, because they, they kind of introduced you, but it hasn't been like a one-on-one introduction. It's more of like a public introduction. So I love that you asked that question because I've started doing some research on this because obviously, as you can imagine, I get a lot of questions around that. And so I started paying attention. Like when I see people in, you know, they put the ISO, right, in search of a recommendation or whatever, and they put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started mm-hmm. following up with people and be like, hey, who'd you go with? And what I'm finding is, is because sometimes you post a a need of, hey, I have this need and you get like 50 people are recommended. It's like, how in the world do you decide? Because then all of a sudden you trust no one Mm -hmm. because now you've been told by 50 people Mm -hmm. to trust 50 different people, right? And you already know you're in buyer's (laughs) mode. So it is really close to a referral. And I guess the the reality of it is it could be considered a referral, except it's not just that you're the only person recommended. And that's what makes a referral so golden is that they're like, hey, who did you use, right? So I I ask people when I see that, I'm like, hey, who'd you go with? It's the same thing with me when I was looking for a personal trainer one time. And this was like years ago. Um, But I remember getting like this Mm -hmm. onslaught of people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like now I don't even know if any of them are any that I trust any of them more than the other because now I have like 50 recommendations. <laughs> and and so I, I asked people, I'm like, so who'd you go with? And I was always curious, do you go with the person who then immediately who's been referred? So I'm using air quotes that no one can see, right? Who's been referred over Facebook in that post. Mm-hmm. Do you go with the person who immediately sends you the direct message? Do you go with the person who sends you the first direct message? What I have found right. in asking that, some people do go with the first person, mm-hmm. um, but other people actually, when they're looking at all the people who've been recommended, they look at all those people who recommended someone else, and then they pick the person they have the closest relationship with and that they trust the most. So even if I have 50 people yeah. on Facebook, 49 of which I may not know, we're just all in this group. And so they're making recommendations, right? I still go looking, well, who do I know on this list? Because that person I know I can trust. Or if that's not the case, if I'm like, I don't know any yeah. of these people, it's right back to just being a warm lead because now I'm going to go through, quote unquote, like a bid process to figure out, well, let me talk to a couple of people because now no one has more trust than anybody else. Everyone's kind of equal, which means there's no real trust. And I'm going to start the process like, okay, I've got some people to consider, but I'm not necessarily willing to hand out my money yet. I've got to go through the buyer's journey, which I go through quicker when I'm referred to someone. I go through slower Mm -hmm. when I'm not. And so it really almost just is a way to get your name right into the pot, so to speak, to be considered, but it doesn't help you get to the finish line any faster when it's social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that the, whenever we're recommended for air conditioning repairs or anything, um, and I typically will try as quickly as possible to slide into the DMS, but, uh, the, a lot of times the clients still, they'll tell me, well, so-and-so recommended right you and i really trust them so um that's why we're going with you and so it's it's really cool that you mentioned that so when you said that um your personal connection or i wrote down um you have a three-part referral source your prospect and i think that i'm you and then you oh okay i totally missed as the solution provider okay yep and so the two parts of that referral are happening between those three players Right. The personal connection happens when the referral source connects you, the solution provider, to the prospect. And then we also know that the need has been identified by the prospect. That's the reason why they're even willing to be connected to you. Mm -hmm. Cool. So tell us, I guess, 
what we're here to learn. And that's kind of how to generate those referrals without asking. Yeah, what's the secret sauce, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> how do we do it? Okay. So here's what I here's what I always tell folks is that I know I'm a contrarian to 99.9% of the advice you've probably ever heard about how to generate referrals. If you were to go to Google right now and you said, How do I get referrals? You're gonna pull up hundreds and hundreds of articles and book recommendations and videos and trainings to watch. They're gonna teach you how to ask. And they're gonna teach you how to ask because that's what we've been teaching for decades. The problem with that though is I believe, and this is a completely a totally made up statistic, mm -hmm. but I think 99% of us hate asking. Yes. <laughs> and so, and everyone I talk to seems to hate asking. I mean, there are always those people who like to ask. It is, I mean, they do absolutely exist. There's always some outliers and everything, mm -hmm. right? There's always some that can go against the mold and make things work for themselves. But the majority of us hate to ask. So when I started paying attention to how I was going to grow my business, I was like, okay, these referrals seem amazing, right? I mean, the person shows up, they're like, here, take my money. I already trust you. I haven't even met you. Like, I want, give me some more of that, right? Like, mm -hmm. that sounds awesome. And then I sort of was like, okay, well, how do I get them? And so like everybody else, I went looking for advice and I was like, whoa, I have to ask. And asking to me feels like a cousin to a cold call. Yeah, very much so. Like, right. I'm asking you to do something you're not prepared to do. Just like when you answer the phone and I launch into my cold call spiel, you're like, why did I answer the phone? <laughs> yep. Right. And so to me, I was like, oh, that doesn't really jive with who I am. And it's not that I'm not a good salesperson and it's not that I'm not good at sales and it's not that I don't believe in my business. Those are just the head trash things that people tell you when you're not willing to ask. They're like, well, you must not want it bad enough. I'm like, that's crap. Yeah. What it means, though, is, is that that's not how we want to be sold to. That's not how we don't want to be asked to give people referrals because we feel right awkward and uncomfortable when people ask us, which means that's not what we want to do to others. And if the majority of the world doesn't like it, why is that the only piece of advice? Mm -hmm. So I kind of just set out to figure out, okay, how do I get referrals and how do I do it without asking? And it was a lot of trial and error that I did in my business in the beginning. And then I realized that I actually had figured out kind of a process. But I, I do want to say before I kind of talk about a little bit about the process, because this is not complicated. It is not rocket science. It's not something you do one and done and you're going to have results. It's a, it is a way that you develop your business. It's just like if you decide to run, you know, SEO or pay for click and you do it every month. It's kind of that same thing. Referrals are a little bit different. You don't have to do something every single month or every single day or every single week, but there's still a consistency to it to make it work. But before I talk a little bit about the process, I do want to mention as well that there are really like two types of businesses that do really well with referrals. And so when yeah. most people say, who's the best type of business at generating referrals? Hands down, I always say relationship-based businesses mm -hmm. where the decision to go with you comes with a high level of trust. So, and a lot of times this is instantly seen as, okay, so high ticket type purchases, right? So like my financial advisor, my attorney, my CPA, my interior designer, my home builder, right? My business coach, my business consultant, my marketing consultant, right? My life coach, whatever it is, they're a realtor. They're typically seen as those that are relationship-based. They spend a lot of time with their clients, right? As a realtor, they're in their car showing houses, CPA, they do their taxes every year. Like there's an mm -hmm. opportunity to, to build relationships. So that's definitely one level. The other level though, because I always tell folks, if you build your business from a highly transactional mindset, referrals won't work. But what I have found and discovered over the years of doing this, there's lots of people in the highly transactional industry, like their industry views what they do as highly transactional but they don't think like that. Mm -hmm. 
They think more like that relationship-based business where it's not like, how fast can I get you in? And I don't really take care of you as well as I should. And it's just like, get to the next, right? Get to the next one, get to the next one. Mm -hmm. So I have people who go through my business or go through my program and they're like, you know, like I have uh, in Texas, I have a um, exterior siding and windows company that's been through the program. They're like, we know we're in a highly transactional business. We just don't operate that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when you when you choose to think about your clients as relationships that you can form and that you can nurture and maintain, and this does not mean hanging out with them every month, grabbing a happy hour with them, but it does mm-hmm. mean you're going to be intentional about how you nurture that relationship in an ongoing way, even after the work is done. Those are the business who are best suited for referrals because referrals only come from relationships. And relationships are only maintained by ongoing connections. And what you need as a business owner is just a process and a plan to manage those connections, which we call touch points, right? Just outreach. Mm -hmm. And so it's really pretty simple when you break it down. But I do want to be really clear that for, for what I teach to work, you have to be willing to invest some time and energy into taking care of the people who could refer you may not just only be clients, and it certainly won't be all of your clients. It could be your centers of influence. It could be other suppliers, right? Other vendors. It's Mm -hmm. paying attention to the people who could refer you and then being willing to invest some time and energy into cultivating relationships. Again, I don't mean grabbing lunch every month, right? A lot of times people who can refer you, they're not local to you. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So it's not about Mm. that face-to-face but it is about your ability and your willingness to have a mindset shift around, I'm going to cultivate some pretty significant relationships because I know those people can refer me and it is the right thing to do to take care of them. Right. And then at the same time, as I'm taking care of them, whether they're clients or centers of influence, I am going to plant some referral seeds. So they think about me in a very specific way, but it involves, but what they feel is like, wow, Stacy really cares about me. Right. And she doesn't forget about me and I matter to her. And then of course I'm planting referral seeds. So they're subconsciously thinking about me in a very specific way. And I'm not ever asking, I don't ever say, Hey, who do you know? Mm-hmm. You should be working with me. Like those words should <laughs> never come out of your mouth. Right. right. And so I think it's so I think it starts first with understanding the mindset of if referrals are going to work for you, you're going to have to understand that we've got to develop a group of relationships with referral sources. And I don't know if you need a dozen or if you need two dozen mm-hmm. or if you need 30 or 40. Some of this will have to do with the volume of referrals you want to receive. But when you're looking at this from that perspective of that idea, and I'm not looking for any business to be 100% by referrals. It happens. I have lots of students who go through my program who get there, but I just want referrals to be the biggest piece of your pie because I know it releases a lot of stress and it releases a lot of time and money and wondering, oh, is that advertising campaign working, right? Because we can see the referrals coming in. And so when you think about referrals and what that looks like ultimately, it is your willingness to identify who refers you. Who's referring you now that you should be taking care of? It's having a mindset shift of saying, yeah, I should take care of them. They send me business. They make my life easier. Why wouldn't I want to take care of them? And then it's being memorable and meaningful with the connection or the outreach or the touch points that you do for those referral sources that you've identified is making sure that you are doing things that impact how they feel 
about you, which goes back to that Maya Angelou quote that says, I don't always remember what people say or what they did, but I, you do remember how mm -hmm. they make you feel. And when I feel cared exactly. about by someone, I am more likely to remember someone. They then move into my top of mind. And if I sprinkle in the referral seeds, which I call the secret sauce, then I have them thinking about me in a very specific way. And so it's, it comes from a very genuine place. And you have to be genuine about this. You have to be authentic. You actually have to care about people. So if you're dead inside, this is not a process for you. <laughs> okay. But if you, yeah, but if you care about people and you do appreciate the fact that someone referred you a new client and you didn't have to work that hard for it, that's the relationship I want you to be willing to cultivate. Right. And it truly is just cultivating that relationship, being memorable and meaningful, which does not mean your e-newsletter you send out once a month. That's not what we're talking about. It's memorable <laughs> and meaningful connections and outreach or touch points using right that the right type of language and making sure that it all works together. So you stay top of mind. But we're not doing something. We're not mailing you a card every month. Right. We're not calling you every 15 days saying, hey, how's it going? Because we all know what that means when somebody who owns a business yep. calls us and say, hey, what's up? How's it going? We know where this is headed. So we're not talking about those things. We're talking about things that they don't <laughs> expect and will surprise and delight. Mm. And I don't mean gifts, right? And some people are like, oh, I got to buy a bunch of gifts. Nope. And a lot of people do not yeah. have the budget for that. But there are a number of different things we can do that'll let someone know that we do care about you. And then we just want to plant the right referral seeds. And then we watch that bloom and we do it consistently. And I mean, that's why I've had people who come in my program and they're just listening to what I teach. Right. And it's just that idea of you can get a couple of referrals a year and then grow that to 40. You can get a couple of referrals a year and then grow that to whatever number you're looking to grow it. It may take a year mm -hmm. to get there, but then you should consistently be able to hit the number that you're looking for. And again, volume is irrelevant because it depends on what your capacity is to handle. So I guess in some cases, service-based businesses can probably handle more and they need more, right? Versus yeah. a CPA who's like, well, after 100 clients, I can't take anymore, right? So volume looks different right. depending on the business, um, but that just it, that it only impacts the number of then of referral sources you need. So could you give an example of something? So when you when you were talking about the touch points and and reaching out to the mm -hmm. to the people, uh, I instantly thought about gifts and and like uh, the book Giftology. Um, right. But could you mention that it doesn't have to be a gift? Do you have to buy anything? Could you give an example of something like how that would work without giving a gift? It, would you sure. reach out to them on Facebook because it's their birthday? I mean, that seems kind of cheesy, but. So you certainly can. I'm not a big birthday fan because I think it's almost impossible <laughs> to keep up yeah. with because yeah. birthdays happen randomly. <laughs> They're not like happening you know, on a very specific time. So let me give you let me give you um, three examples and let me have one. Of, I'll do one of them as a gift just to kind of show what this looks like. And then I'll do two okay. that are not gifts. So um, one of the things that I, I teach um, my students is to have them understand that there is power, but just behind a handwritten thank you note. And okay. so I think a lot of people hear me say that and they're like, oh, great. I just got to write thank you notes. Please let me put this disclaimer in there. You will not unleash a referral explosion because every once in a while you sit down and write thank you notes. That's not what I'm saying. But when we're doing a random thank you note to someone who's not expecting it as part of an overall orchestrated plan that has, you know, a number of touch points, usually somewhere between four and eight touch points in a year. When we're doing it as part of that overall plan and we know what all those touch points are going to be, a, a thank you card that shows up unexpectedly in August can really delight someone and can impact their memory of how they feel about you and how they right. remember you. So 
handwritten thank you card, it shouldn't cost you more than the card you're going to write it on and the stamp you're going to mail it, it with. Yeah. Right? Super cheap. So random thank you cards is actually one of the touch points that I tell people to consider. Again, you cannot just write thank you cards until you're blue in the face and think you're going to get a whole bunch of referrals. <laughs> You'll get some low-hanging fruit, absolutely, but you will not get consistency. And what I want for people is to consistently be receiving referrals year over year because that's how we build some freedom and sustainability in our business. Mm -hmm. um, so random thank you cards is one. Another one, depending on what holidays you celebrate, I tell folks, if you're going to take the time now, if you don't do Christmas cards or Hanukkah cards or holiday cards, you don't need to do this one. But for those people who actually go to the store and buy generic Christmas cards or Hanukkah cards or holiday cards, right? They go and buy those holiday cards and they're generic and maybe they purchase them online and a robot signs them for them, right? <laughs> Some machine signs their name yeah. or they get the generic cards like from Hallmark or the grocery store and then they sit down and sign their names. Okay, so that's lovely that you want to do an outreach touch point that is that <laughs> holiday card, but it means nothing. Unfortunately, friends, okay, those yep. are the ones we put in the trash can because it's so generic. Yep. So if you're going to do a holiday card, I want you on it, whether that's you and your family, however you define family, whether it's you and your mm -hmm. team of employees and their families. I have a doggy daycare that's in my program, and she sent me an example she did one year where she did, it was her as the owner with her husband and their three kids um, and their dogs, and then all of her employees and the employees dogs and that was oh, the holiday cool. card right so now their clients right and they send it to clients and referral sources sometimes you can do both right so and now they have mm -hmm. people who are like wait a minute that's your dog oh my gosh like i see you every day and you know my dog and now i have an idea of who your dog is and it's just sparked a greater connection because remember that's that's I cool. may be buying a company because I need a problem solved, but I'm really buying you because I trust you to be the one to solve the problem. Yeah. Your company just comes along with you. So when we can make connections in that way, that matters. And the clients, are, I guess, are more likely to maybe expect a, a Christmas card, but referral sources mm -hmm. aren't. And so, and yes, clients are referral sources, but not only. So the fact that a referral source could get a Christmas card is really cool. And so you've got things just like that that are super simple, aren't going to cost a lot of money, and they're not a gift. But I will tell you just so with people who are thinking about this, and then there's also like just one-on-one -on -one time you can spend with people too. Sometimes just investing in time with them, like let's grab coffee and let me not say a word about myself and only ask you right. about you, right? That's how that works. There's so many things that you can do. And we teach them based on some categories so that people can understand how they fit because you can't do... You can't just send all random thank you cards. You can't send all cards for every holiday. Like you can't do one type. You need to make a variety of it. That's so how it has impact. And that's the way we get to plant specific referral seeds. But like for an example, a gift idea that I did. So before I started teaching people how to generate referrals without asking before I, you know, I have an online program and I have a VIP and one-on-one -on -one that I do to help companies figure this out and implement it in their business. Before I did that and I discovered my process, I was a business and productivity coach. So I was out there looking to grow and bring in clients just like everybody else. And that's how I discovered my process was by guinea pinning it on my own business. So when I looked at my referral sources a number of years ago when I was a business coach, what I realized was a number of my referral sources were they matched my ideal client, which were they were business owners who were also parents, right? I got three kids. That's kind of my life as a business owner. My husband's a business owner. That's the world I walk in. It's a world I was very comfortable coaching in. And I had a business failure so I could see it coming in another business, which made me very dangerous as a business coach because <laughs> I could be extremely direct sometimes. So the idea there is, is I looked at my referral sources and I was like, wow, 80% of my referral sources are parents. Now, whether they worked for a business or owned a business, 
you know, I noticed that, wow, there are 80% mm-hmm. of them are parents. So I decided, and it's one thing I teach, I decided to recognize an off-guard holiday and I recognized Mother's Day and Father's Day one year. So for my mothers one year, my referral sources who were also mothers, I sent them a Wonder Woman water bottle. And the card just simply said, never forget you are a hero. Happy Mother's Day, Stacy." When they mm. removed that card where my name was from that water bottle, my logo wasn't on it. My phone number wasn't on it. My, you know, my website wasn't on it. There was nothing that said Stacy on that Wonder Woman water bottle. But do you think they forgot that I gave them that mm-hmm. Wonder Woman water bottle? No, because it was exactly, it was memorable and meaningful. It mm-hmm. told them, wow, Stacy gets it. She sees me and she cares about me and she's not afraid to show that she cares about me. Right. And so when you think about doing things, they're memorable and meaningful. That piece matters. And I know that's the piece people are like, I don't know what to do. Right. I'm like, that's okay. I've been doing this for <laughs> years. I'm a treasure trove of ideas. And that's why I tell my students, I'm like, ask the question. Like, there's a lot in my program, but then there's more that I'm, that it's always available. But the piece that people forget is we're not sending gifts and cards just to send gifts and cards. We are also using very specific language so that we can move ourselves into the subconsciousness of our referral sources. So they think about us while wow, they really care about me. And then subconsciously they think about us, mm-hmm. like, how can I help take care of them too? And we're already kind of telling them subconsciously referrals. Wow. That's a lot. <clears throat> <laughs> Condensed down. Uh, and it's really cool because I really like everything that you said there, especially in the example, the examples that you gave. Um, we do, I try to, I don't, I'm not, super consistent about this, but I have a friend of mine who is extremely consistent um, with writing a letter every day. I I try to do five a week, uh, thank you letters of some sort. And then um, the the gift, the personalized holiday cards, I really love that. I'm anti-Christmas cards, and it's mainly because of that reason. And that that mixed with trying to stand out of the crowd. Um, So we do half half year Christmas um, cards. Mm-hmm. So um, Christmas in July, it's actually June, but, um, the, and then the gifts. I love the idea that I, I love the fact that you mentioned um, not putting your logo on there because so often we, we you try to use that as an opportunity to start branding ourselves, um, but not having your logo on there, you, it makes you even more memorable and they're more likely just to, to leave it out and tell people more about it instead of just sticking in a, a random drawer somewhere. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's really hard to throw away a card that has people's faces on it and their yeah. kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best place for them to find out more about you and um, pick up your book? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. It's available wherever books are sold. My podcast is Roadmap to Grow Your Business. So those are two great resources to use. My home base is my website, stacybrownrandall.com. I know you'll link to that in the show notes, so I won't tell people how to spell Stacy. It does have an E. Um, But that's great places to kind of go and get started and kind of figure out like who I'm all about and who I help and what my business looks like and what I'm kind of ultimately after with helping other small business owners and solopreneurs. Um, But there's also a great quiz that I have. It's called the Referral Ninja Quiz. It's just a nine question, nine simple question quiz that you can take for free on my website at stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. And it helps you understand what level of, we call referral ninja are you? So what level of a referral ninja are you 
right now. And then it's going to kind of help you understand, okay, you are a beginner. What does it look like to get to the master level? And then I've got resources that can support you um, in that journey. Um, and of course, you know, obviously I do have a program if people are interested, but I always tell folks, you know, before you go that route, why don't you take the quiz and see where you are? Um, pay attention a little bit to the things that I do. You know, obviously you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, but just kind of pay attention to like what I teach um, before you decide, you know, you want to take that next step. The quiz is a great place to start. Cool. Thank you again for spending some time with us and coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day.